Welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Wittig. This podcast is all about women supporting women, mind, body, and spirit. It's a place where we will honor, celebrate, and share women's natural and experiential wisdom through curiosity-provoking conversations, shared stories, and tips we've all gathered along this journey. I invite you to join in the fun as we uncover the unique wisdom we each carry within us. Ready? Let's get curious. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I am so happy to have you here today with us, and I am excited to bring one of my dear friends and this amazingly wise, creative, exceptional woman who came into my life a few years ago and was part of my wise women circles where I originally met her. And now I'm very glad to call her my friend, and I want to introduce you to Asha McLaughlin. Asha, welcome. I'm so, so excited about what this conversation we're going to have. But first, I would really love it if you would just introduce yourself. Tell us what you want us to know about you. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much, Lauren. This is such a delight to be here with you and spend time with your community. And I just want to say to the listeners that Lauren is one of my favorite people. When I moved to this neck of the woods which I am not originally from this area, she really stood out to me. And so I feel blessed to call her friend. I am originally a New Englander and I grew up in a family with all boys, <laughs> lots of brothers. And I was the only girl. And I really think that that has a lot to do with how I turned out as a female and being obsessed and empowered by female spirituality and divinity and female empowerment. I'm just realizing that saying that about growing up in a house with a voice that that it really did have an effect. I was a very creative, curious kid, and they used to call me four going on 40. So I was kind of a big thinker and always trying to like move things along at a nice clip. And I think that came out of being curious and excited about the universe. I had some really interesting parents that were in some ways, a little bit conservative. I went to Catholic school and that kind of stuff, but they really did let me be me. And it wasn't always easy, but it definitely, I found my way. And I'm very grateful for my nuclear family, even though I feel very different from them. It's hard. I could just ramble on and on, but <laughs> I'm a very creative person. I'm a healer. I'm an intuitive. I'm a meditator, yoga teacher, health coach. And I also run a business for 35 years. I've been a designer, art director, photographer, and I specialize in conscious, intuitive branding. So helping people give rise to their dream with their voice, their vision, and their forward-facing image to the world. Yes. And you're really good at that. I did not realize, Asha redesigned my website a couple of years ago now. And it was a process that I didn't really expect, but it was really empowering and really useful to me as I was looking to rebrand or bring a, a more professional way to my branding because I had done it on shoestring when I first set up my business. And Asha took me through this whole series of questions and we, we played with words and you wanted me to come up with these you know, lists of things that were important to my clients or were important to me. And it was just 
it was a really interesting process to go through because it was a way of looking at presenting myself in a very common way. I mean, I've had a website since websites were first a thing because I was in the book business at the time and I did it myself because I'm a computer geek, but I had never had the branding or the art part of it, the design part of it behind it. It's really interesting. And I know that we're going to get to that later talking about what you're doing now in terms of how you're bringing everything together. So let's start a little bit about that. There's some things that you know from your childhood, some aspects of you, and you introduced this to your childhood. Those things that you can see the thread all the way through your life now. So that's kind of a nice way for us to go through the journey of your life, how you came to be where you are now. Is there one or two things that you can tell us about that you remember from a child being a passion or a talent that you still see very present and important in your life these days? That's such a cool way to think about it. I can think of two things. Two things popped in my head right away. One is that I am a people person. I love people. I love talking to people. I love connecting with people. And the other thing is that I'm a deeply spiritual person. And I knew this from the get-go because I was very passionate at a young age about very bizarre things. Like I had mentioned to you earlier that I had this obsession with the country of Mongolia as a child growing up in a kind of conservative Catholic household. It was just weird. And I didn't quite understand that until years later when I recognized who the Dalai Lama was and what Tibetan Buddhism was and the importance of Mongolia and that the Dalai Lama was from Mongolia and, you know, that I feel that I had a history in that tradition. And I still do. It is not my specific spiritual path for this lifetime, but it is one that is so close to my heart and that I really resonate with. And I've I've lived a couple times in Dharamsala, India, in the Himalayas, which is what I call the living Tibet of today. So those are just a couple things. So I know that you went to, is it the Parsons School of Design? I have a degree in communication design, which I think is pretty cool because one thing that's interesting to know about design is that it's a very intellectual art form. It's a marrying of message and image. One is not more important than the other. It's a way that they come together. And this effect, when design is good, when it's done well, can really exponentially attract people, places, things, situations to your business or to whatever you're trying to create. And so when you mentioned earlier that you were pleasantly surprised by the process when we started to work on your site, I, I smiled because it's true that I cannot recommend enough partnering with someone to do this. Mm -hmm. Everybody who has a computer can now whip out a logo or a website. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean you can't do it. Of course, you can do it. But when you partner with an expert or someone who's trained in this field, you are going to go way deeper yeah. into the core of what your mission is about, which this will not happen on your own. There's just this beautiful synergy that happens in partnership and goes back and forth. And this morning, I have to just read this quote because it just came down into my head like a sutra in my morning meditation. And what I wrote was, when your heart and your mind are aligned, clarity is paramount and your path unfolds with ease. And so one of the things that I think can happen to people as they're building a business and as they're starting to get clear about things is they're not clear 
because there's so many choices and there's so much to do. And then it gets stressful. And what does stress do? It distracts us mm -hmm. from the pure essence of what we're trying to do. I just wanted to say that because yeah. that came up this morning. It really was fascinating. And you gave me so many tools to work with in terms of a brand. I don't remember what you call it, but I go back and look at it. It's got all the colors and all the words we came up with and all these kinds of things. And this, and I go back and now, and you reminded me not too long ago to go back and look at it. <laughs> but Your brand essence deck. There you go. Your brand yes. essence deck. And it, it's really helpful because it is hard. I get bombarded by so many different things and I am a bit ADD and I can chase the pretty butterfly, you know, <laughs> but, and then there goes another, and then there's another one. You know? <laughs> so for me, it's really, really been useful in the last, maybe it was only six months ago or so. You said, you remember that thing I gave you? It's like, oh, let me go find that. It's been really, really helpful as I really am sort of once more, I'm constantly, but once more seriously reimagining what I want my business to be, what I want my clientele to get from me. And so many of those words are true to both where I have been for the last couple of years, but also where I see myself moving into, not leaving behind anything, but just growing into. And, yeah. and it's really helpful. I don't know if I'm just particularly out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, 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 no. This is really common. And the thing is, is that it's not meant to box us in in any way. It actually gives us a foundation and a framework to grow, to evolve. But when we have these guidelines of professionalism, it's not just about the image. It's about intention and clarity. So your intention, that was the root intention for the business, it's going to evolve. But there's a lot, I'm going to use a Sanskrit word, there's a lot of Shakti. There's a lot of good energy in that original, rich, fertile ground of your intention that we pulled together and we built upon. And yeah. so, yeah, it's really, really important to use what, you, what you're given from there. Yeah. Well, and even just in looking for a better URL for the website, because I had heartlightwellness.net, which was a mouthful, and heartlight dot com, I guess was, was taken, whatever, heartlightwellness.com. We went back and forth and we finally started bouncing words back and forth. Heartlight what? Heartlight what? Doesn't have to, you know, and we came up with what I just love now because it so expresses the core of what I'm, I'm hoping for, for everybody I work with. And we came up with heartlight joy. Yes. And it's just, and it gives me joy every time I look at it because I go, oh yeah, that's it, joy. That's what I want to bring to people. It still remains very powerful to me, the work that we did together on that, partly because it's in my face every day. I'm in and out of my website and, and doing things all the time. I would be a voice of saying, yeah, what you're talking about is very powerful. And I had the technical chops, even with the beautiful design that you did on a platform I wasn't familiar with, I could have figured at least the mechanics of a website out because I have the computer background and I'm a techie nerd, but I wouldn't have been able to put it together the way you did. It's a real gift that you have to bring together that whole, not just the design side and the communication side, but also the heart of things. I think that's the part that, you know, there's a lot of talented people out there and there's someone for everybody. But the thing that I think I can claim now after 35 years, <laughs> lots of different clients and lots of different successes is that that marrying of my maturation of my process, which 
included a stint of monastic living. There was a bit of a sabbatical where I pulled out of the big design firms I worked for in New York and started meditating and moved into a monastery and spent hours and hours a day doing spiritual practices. And this process really brought in the clarity in my intuition. And that's why I call it conscious branding, because I'm bringing skills from all different aspects of my life into this. There's the design skills and then there's the people skills, but then there's also looking deeper into helping people figure out the real nuggets yeah. in their things that sets them apart and will make them really attract who's meant to work with them and how. Yeah. Yeah. You do have a real gift for that. I'm in awe because it is a bringing together of technical things and communication things and heart things. And you just bring it all together and make it into this beautiful package. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about the, the natural health coaching that you do. I know about it, but tell the listeners what it is you mean by that, because we okay. all can bring our own thing to this kind of work. I know. First, I want to say, I know it might sound very different that I also am a natural health coach, but the truth is, is that I'm 55. And so I've been around the globe, you know, many circles, many times. And there are chapters, there are seasons in our lives, and there are different things that strike us in our life that are passions. And for me, natural health, when I first moved to Vermont in 1990, so it's been over 30 years, I started studying in depth natural forms of medicine because I was raised in a very conservative medical house and always on penicillin and always, you know, weak immune system and all that. And I thought, wow, there's a whole nother world out there. And so I've studied Ayurveda when I lived in India, and I've studied acupressure and Chinese medicine, and I've studied naturopathic medicine, and I'm being mentored by naturopathic physicians. And so I love to work with natural solutions. I'm very passionate about plants as medicine in all different aspects, whether they be supplementation, different things to boost us or really pure, potent essential oils I like to work with also. I believe plants can speak to us and heal us. Mm -hmm. Just as they did a hundred years ago, this was the original medicine, yeah. right? We've gotten away from it. But the truth is, I have a friend right now who is, he's a chemist. He got his master's in chemistry and he just got his first job. And he's working in a biomedical firm outside of Boston. And guess what? They're studying remedies for cancer and one of them being frankincense mm. and so really you know you know yeah and so <laughs> it's so cool that it is happening it is happening where western and old-timey sort of plant medicine is coming together and you're going to be hearing more and more and more about this in the next five or ten years but there's so much we can do and so one of the things that i'm really excited to help people with is to understand themselves understand what their body is trying to tell them and what the needs are, and then empowering that person to have the tools to take care of things themselves. Mm. Now, if you break your arm, yes, we're going to the hospital. I'm not saying <laughs> I love my doctors. I, I am not a totally crunchy granola. I don't use doctors at all person. They are absolutely part of our team. Mm -hmm. But the truth is there are many, many things that we can take care of at home, or I like to call it nip it in the bud. Yeah. You know, for example, 
Like if you have a sore throat, there's something you can gargle with that'll take that away so you don't end up getting strep, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I love to empower people with these little techniques because they do work and they're non-habit forming and they're non-toxic. I will say that you've taught me a lot about oils specifically, and I'm still very much a neophyte with that. I wanted to just bring in for a moment, my mom passed a couple of years ago and Asha was so supportive with me. She sat down with me and went through all the oils that might help not only mom as she, cause she had dementia and cancer, which is a, yeah, not <laughs> an interesting combination. So things to help mom be calm and to help her move through that transition with greater ease, but also for those of us who were taking care of her. And I found that actually to be the more powerful part. And I was able to share it with my aunts who were in and out all the time, my mom's sisters, and we all benefited from that. And it was amazing to me because I could see how it affected my aunts. I could see how it affected my mother. I could feel how it affected me because I was just a, a nervous wreck at the time for all kinds of reasons, <laughs> including <laughs> yeah. menopause. <laughs> but so it's not just illness. But there's, there was right. support for emotional support. There was nervous system support that was outside of illness. And that's frankly the pieces of it I use even today when I'm having a day where I can't focus, I pull out my motivation. And I, when, I, right, when right. I need to calm down, I have calm or have bliss or I have all of these oils or oil mixes, combos that are just beautiful and easy on the system. I'm not taking pills. I'm not worrying about interactions with other things. And so I wanted to just bring that other piece into this because yeah, great for illnesses, but for me, that was an even more profound use of them. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's so true. And I do work with hospice a lot. I give back a lot in the death and dying community because these are transitions that we all have to deal with. That brings me great joy, helping not only the person find either a deeper breath or a release of pain or tension or calming them down. But like you said, the people in the room, yeah. everyone else, everybody matters and everybody counts. And there's so much we can do with essential oils for emotional well-being and groundedness and also brain health. I've been working on a class. It's kind of a joke because I've been working on it since before COVID. So it's been like three years now because before COVID, I thought this was the topic that everybody needed the most help with. And that is neuroprotective practices and protocols. So mm. many people are stressed, are overstimulated, are overwhelmed. And I find a lot of the practices that I use, including breath work, I'm also a certified breath coach, breath plus the oils is a profound, mm. calming, focusing, grounding bunch of tools. And they wow. go beautifully together. And the reason aromatics of essential oils are so powerful is when we breathe them in, there are these little olfactory nerve endings that come down pull the chemical constituents, the aromatics, right into the limbic system in the brain. Mm. And that is the seat of our emotions and our motivations. And so it's a really quick way to shift a mood is to pick up an uplifting essential oil. That's pure. Let's hope. Let's yeah. Fingers crossed. Because there's a lot of adulteration out there. So you have to make sure that you find a brand that's 100% pure. But then go ahead, have at it. Topically, internally, mm -hmm. aromatically. 
Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I love learning about all the different modalities that people use in this kind of work, in this alternative medicine work. And it's one that I really had no contact with until I met you. I was just remembering, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but I was remembering how grateful I was. First of all, that you spent so much time with me saying, these are the oils you need to get. This is what they're for. This is how you use them. Oh, <laughs> you great. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the whole see, you know, the, the effect was really lovely. It's important to me, the unboxing is what I call it. Because a lot of times people will hear something and they're like, oh, that's great. And then they get it home and they're like, what is this for? Yeah. Like, I need help. Yeah. And so I love to offer my clients a free wellness consultation where we really talk about how to use these products and where to place them. So since that time, you know, another layer that I've added into my repertoire is this last year I studied Aroma Point applications. So how to pair the essential plant medicine with a particular Chinese medicine point mm -hmm. with the lightest, it's not even pressure. It's a presence is what I like to call it. It's a very light touch, but the combination of plant essence and point is really powerful. Yeah, I bet. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another whole call. <laughs> so you mentioned that you had done the monastery work for a while. And I know that you bring your spirituality into everything that you do. And we're talking about how you're bringing all of this together, but is there anything else that, you, well, we haven't talked about your yogi. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm a yogi. I've been for, for over 30 years, I've been practicing yoga. Honestly, it sounds so corny, but I say it all the time to my, my, my students, because I, I teach yoga as well. Yoga is magic. Mm -hmm. There's no other word for it. I mean, it, it sounds corny to say that, but the reason I say it is because it is very transforming on all levels, mm -hmm. on the physical level, the emotional level, the spiritual level. It's just incredible. And I do want to say that there's lots of different types of yoga, particularly in America. We've taken it into lots of different directions that <laughs> may look very different to how it was originally conceived of in India. And there's nothing wrong with anything, but things can be very different. So when I describe how transforming it is, I'm not talking about going and doing an aerobic class in a hot room. Yeah. You know, there's different kinds of yoga that go deeper, longer, and the effect on the nervous system and the mind can be very calming and grounding and releasing. I mean, you can lower your blood pressure. There's so much that can happen. Yeah. So I always recommend that people really ask around and find a good teacher because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. there are lots and lots of mediocre or baby teachers, as I call yeah. them, people yeah. with a very, very little 200 hour training. And these, there's nothing wrong with these people. There's, I'm not putting anybody down. Yeah. It's just that if you want a big experience, go for somebody who's very seasoned, who's been practicing for a long time, who's who's really integrated into their lives too. Mm -hmm. so it's not just on the mat, but right. it's how you feel in their presence if you bump into them. Yoga is amazing. Absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. And meditation as well, right? Because they go hand in hand often. I took a, a yoga class. Gosh, my son was in high school. So, you know, a long time ago. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a perfect class for me because it was at the rec center a couple of mornings a week. And it was really a super beginner's class. The teacher was great. She was 40, 
42, something like that. But she taught it workshop style, which was perfect for me. I could not bend over and touch my toes at the time. I could not sit down, you know, in, was it, I can't remember what it's, but I can kneel down on the floor and sit back on my heels and it's not a problem. And I sit like that all the time without even thinking about it. I could not do that without a block, like to, to wow. kind of hover over. And I took this class for about two years before she had to, to leave for health reasons, but my flexibility became so much better through that process. There was a community that built in that class because it was in like an 805 class on the Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And it was the same 12 people that showed up all the time. Mm. And so there was that community. The teacher was very well-versed in anatomy and physiology, in yoga, in, in meditation, all of that. So there was a really beautiful collection of skills that she brought to it. She had the knack of telling stories. She was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get into this position. You got that block there. You got this here. Okay. Let me tell you what my son did today. And for like five minutes, she would tell us a story and it would totally distract us from what we were doing. Pose. <laughs> yes. yes. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was perfect because, you know, she'd say, okay, we're done. It was like, oh yeah, we were doing something. You know? That's but, so great. Yes. Just but, breathe while I'm yeah, talking. Exactly. Let me tell you this funny story. But at the end of class, and she would leave a long time for Shavasana. And if the listener has never taken a yoga class, Shavasana is like usually everybody's favorite part because at the, the end of class, you get to lie down and just be on the mat, breathe. And I started to meditate there. I didn't know that's what I was doing until right. much later, but mm -hmm. that's where I started meditating. And when I took my first meditation class, I went, wait, I already do this at the end of yoga class. <laughs> You know? Oh my gosh, I'm Lauren. I'm so happy you just told this story <laughs> because hundreds of years ago, this is why yoga was created. This is why the postures were created by the sages and the rishis in the in the caves in the Himalayas was so that they could sit for meditation, yeah, yeah. and not have pain in their hips and their back and their thighs. And so the combination of moving the body with intention and breath mm -hmm. in specific alignments does you want to going back to the magic word it quiets your mind yeah it does and so when you quiet the mind meditation just happens yep you don't, <laughs> you don't have to meditate you don't make yourself meditate i i like to say this all the time my husband and i mention this a lot we're creating the conditions for meditation to happen. Mm. Oh, I love that. So that's one of the juicy gems yeah. and the fruit of a good yoga class. Yeah. Is that in that final surrender pose that she was talking about, she, she called it by its Sanskrit name, Shavasana, but it's, it's final surrender. And it's often very difficult for people if they haven't had a strong enough asana practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you really show up and you're using your muscles and you're using your full effort and you're using your breath, that final surrender pose, you will drop. Ugh. You will go. Mm -hmm. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And then just to bring in, I will say, you know, this is not necessary, but one time I was teaching a class in Amherst, Massachusetts, and at the end of the class, I just happened to have one of those essential oil blends that's really calming for the nervous system. 
And I just said, hey, I'm going to, I have this. If anybody would like a drop, please raise your hand and I'll come around and I'll give it to you, whatever. We had Shavasana. At the end, this woman came up to me and she said, Asha, I just want you to know, I've been practicing yoga for 25 years and I've never had a Shavasana like that. <laughs> and, and I looked at her and I said, I don't think it's me. Just so you know, I think it was <laughs> that drop I gave you uh -huh. because you have, you've been having final surrender for a long time. Mm -hmm. But so this is another point is that, you know, there, these are more tools, right? Yeah. We have more and more tools to help us get into the states that we need for whatever we need to experience in our wellness and yeah. our, in our self-care. There's so many options. Yeah. And meditation is one of those that I love. And yet there are days I don't do it. And at the end of the day, I go, I should have started the day with meditation. But then my brain goes, oh, I got so much to do. I'm just going to dive in and get this done and I'll do it later. Those That's days why the first thing in the morning is, is the best. Yeah. And yeah. actually from India and in, from the yogic traditions, the most auspicious time is right around sunrise and sunset mm. for meditation. And so if you can spare, and I tell people, honestly, you don't have to sit there for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. I mean, it's great if you can, but I'm telling you, if you commit to five minutes a day, it's like sowing a seed. It builds with yeah. time and it becomes something that you will crave and really recognize as, a, as such a gift. So I just say, make friends with the process. Yeah. If you're interested. I love the making, what was it? The, the phrase, I should have written it down. You're, you're making, creating the conditions, creating the conditions for meditation, because for me, that's what that whole yoga class was. It was exactly. creating the condition for meditation. And 100%. now I have to create the condition for myself. And I love it when I follow through on that. So five minutes of yoga and five minutes of meditation in the morning. Yeah. And, th <laughs> and there are a lot of days where I go, I got so much to do. I'm going to take 10 minutes. I'm just going to take 10 minutes and sit in my chair where I meditate and do that. And it makes all the difference in the world. It just, it calms me down. It calms that ah, totally. kind of feeling. Totally. One of yeah. my favorite memes I've ever seen on the interwebs is, you know, one of those illustrations where they show Zen Buddhist monks. And there's a guy saying, if you say you don't have five minutes to meditate, then you need to meditate for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it right, but you get the, you get yeah, the gist. Yeah. It's like, if you can't spare five minutes and something's really really yeah. wrong. Right. right. So, well, and I, I do find too, that after I've been meditating for, I have no idea how many years now, probably eight years or so at least, but the longer I have practiced it, the easier it is for me with those five or 10 minutes, if that's all I've got to drop right into it. Awesome. And it's just simple. And it's, 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 you know, it's like anything else you train your body to do, train your mind to do, but it's totally worth it. I'm a big fan of meditation. So I'm glad we got to talk about that. Nice. I think we will move along to the rapid fire questions. <laughs> so I just, whatever comes to your mind first is, is a good answer. So don't try to get the right answer or the best answer. We just want what pops up because that's probably the best answer for today. So first one is who is or was the wisest person in your life? I am going to say my granddad. My mom's dad, Kenneth Hamilton Parsons, he was British poet. Mm. And he was truly one of the kindest people on the planet. He would talk to 
anyone and everyone. And everybody loved him. He was just amazing. He, and, and I don't know, I just, I loved him so much. He was just such a sweetheart, but he taught me how to be kind and how to treat people. So I'm going to say granddad. Okay, great. What's your favorite go-to self-care practice? Yoga and breath work. Is there a particular pose that you really love? Like if you really need to calm yourself down or? I have many favorite poses, but for me in this stage of life and in this time on the planet where we're sort of navigating so much, I have gotten very fond of what I call a half vinyasa, which is just breathing in, throwing your hands up to the sky, exhaling forward, fold, inhaling halfway, lifting, exhale, fold, and then inhale all the way back up. It's just a series of breaths and movement. It's very simple. And I try and make my breath last as long as I can. And literally, I mean, if you could just do three of those in a morning, it's like you almost get the whole practice just from that. It's mm -hmm. really powerful. It's funny. That's when I don't have much time and I need to do, I know I need some yoga. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's so great. I love it. <laughs> what lights you up when you're feeling down? This is so great that you're asking this. This is something I've asked people my whole life. I always love to ask, what brings you joy? What brings you joy? Because mm -hmm. I'm a joy head too. And I think that's one of the areas we, we resonate on so nicely. I love friendship. Friends are really important to me. And this might also date back to my childhood with brothers and feeling separate from the group and just kind of always, I think I was like 10 or 12 when I stopped asking my mom for a sister, you know, I really <laughs> wanted another female. And so friendships are very, very important to me. And so I love to connect with women, with friends. And I've started this thing during COVID, which I call a walk and talk. A lot of my friends are, they're all over the world, actually. They're not in my town. And so I try and just go out for a walk, put my headset in and call people. And sometimes we schedule and that lights me up. I just love connecting with people that we love each other, unconditional love and holding that space for the relationship to be whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Nice. And the last one, what is your favorite mantra or affirmation? I love affirmations. I use them in my work with my health clients a lot, but I'm going to go for the tried and true, my meditation mantra, mm -hmm. which is OM, the primordial sound, Nama, I bow, I honor, Shivaya, the indwelling Lord, my inner pure state. Mm -hmm. So I honor, I bow to, I recognize the divinity inside myself. And if you repeat that over and over and over and you align with that, with the highest vibration within yourself, major transformation mm. can happen. So yeah, I'm going to go with Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. I like that one. Can you tell us where to find you online? The easiest website would be bloom, like the flower, wellness.info. And from there, I will have a link on there for my other conscious intuitive branding site. It's just being launched. I was redoing it. So I'm not going to give that URL out yet. But if you go to bloomwellness.info, you can find me there. Or on Instagram, it's bloomwellness.asha, A-S-H-A. And 
Is there anything on the horizon that you're excited about that you want to share with us? Anybody that's in the vicinity where we are in Virginia, uh, the first weekend in June, I'm teaching a bunch of classes at this Women's Wellness Weekend at the 4-H Camp in Williamsburg, Virginia, June 4th, 5th. I'm going to be doing a, one class is called Calm is My Superpower. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a breathwork course and I'm going to do an Aroma Point essential oil class as well. And then the other thing that I would just toss out there is that I am really actively inviting in business partners in my health coaching business, people that I can mentor on how to use plants as medicine, people who might be interested in that. So if that resonates with you, if that if you're someone where when you hear that plant medicine, it kind of lights you up inside, please reach out to me. Yeah, she's a great teacher too. All right, I think that we have come to the end of our conversation. I knew it was gonna be fun. This is great, I loved it. And I just wanna again, thank you Asha for joining us today. It's been really great to reconnect with you because we've been not as well connected during the pandemic as we used to be, but it's one of those things that we're, we're not letting go of each other. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. These connections, these threads are eternal, right? Yeah. Once they're, once they're sparked in their iridescent, beautiful way, they mm. don't really go away. No, no, they don't. Well, it's been a wonderful day with Asha. I want to thank everybody for joining us here at Curiously Wise. And I hope that you two have fun conversations and stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. I hope you found a nugget of wisdom that resonates with you. Perhaps it brings comfort or strength or simply the peace that comes from knowing you aren't alone in your experience. Or perhaps it illuminates the wisdom already within you. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort. I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Whitting, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.